Am I in the shot? You're in the shot. You're always in the shot. Right. Do I got to lean in? Lean we always do the music because we don't know when exactly we break <laughs> in. It says we're streaming, but we may not be streaming for five seconds. <laughs> hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome back from the long holiday weekend. Here we are at Tiki Hut Studios. I'm your host, uh, Ken Rose, and far to the right, go on. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back from a long weekend. I'm Joe Carlisle. This is the Joe Knows the Podcast with Ken Rose and Lisa Du. And today we are joined by Mandy Cook with Take Stock in Children. Tell the people how you are. I'm fine this morning. Thank you. Yeah, and you have to be three, closer to the mic. Right. Right. After a three-day weekend, I'm doing just fine. Excellent. We took a four. Lucky you. It's the brain industry. It's all stress. Yeah. All stress related. I took a four-day weekend, but not by choice. Yeah. No, real, realtors are always on a weekend. No, Joe was sick again. You know, it came a point, though, I was starting to feel better, and uh, I was kind of inundated in uh, in my old war movies, I, I think it's really sad in America today. I went looking for stuff for Memorial Day. The only people that had any kind of military war movies on or, or anything was TCM. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Nobody else. It was it was all sorts of crazy stuff. You uh, know, I mean, their standard wackadoo programming. And I'm like, come on, man, you can you know you at least make an effort. You know. Right? Something. Nobody was home this weekend. Everybody was everybody was watching Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That would be a good a good work. Did you see it? I have not seen it yet. Did you see it? No, we were we were gonna go, and then we're gonna we're, I think we're gonna go this week yeah. after the crowds die down. Yeah. I ended up sucking it up. My two of my boys came up and uh, from opposite ends of the opposite ends of the state, and they said, "Dad, we want to go with you." And I was like, "I didn't feel good. Hi. I had a cold over the weekend," and I was like, "Well." Loaded up on the cold medicine and went and uh, had a good time. And I tell you, it was a good movie. Yeah. I can't tell you how. I, I don't even remember half of it. <laughs> oh, were you, but were I you enjoyed checking it. Uh, light leaks in your head? I enjoyed it. I liked it. I don't know why, yeah. but I know that I liked well, it. Well, it was one of those things where, where at the end, at the end, I mean, you know, it's it's Top Gun, right? Right. I mean, you can pretty much predict the storyline once it's gonna you get started. It's going to be airplanes. Right? There's yeah. Tom Cruise. Airplanes. Some kind of drama. Yeah. The, the romance story is yep. going to be in there, right? Exactly. Um, you know, a mandatory scene that's now been shown all over everywhere of Tom Cruise and every other young star with a shaved chest playing uh, playing softball shirtless. You know I mean? Right. That's that's a that's a requirement. You know. Oh, is it? Oh, you have to <laughs> shave. Well, and I'll tell you what, Tom Cruise is my age. He looks good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, when you have a billion dollars in the yeah. bank, you can look <laughs> really. Good. It's true. Cheater. You know. I told one of my sons, I said, you know, you know, if I had that kind of money, I could have a personal trainer. I could have a right? dietitian follow me everywhere I go into restaurants and tell me, yes, I'm eating that. No, I'm not eating that. <laughs> go into the kitchen with the chef and say no cream for him, you know. <laughs> no soup for you. No soup for you. <laughs> my cords are all nuts this week. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but it was, it, it was fun. It was fun, but in, in movies, and actually, it was probably the first time I've been in a movie in three years that the theater was semi-full, and yeah. we went to a matinee, so we didn't have to be crowded. Right. You know. Right. Um, it was it, it was a good time. It was a good time. And actually, at the end, I clapped and felt like that Geico ad where, uh, you know, they're like, nobody here. Nobody who made the movie is here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I am an old guy. <laughs> I, I plead, I'm on a lot of cold meds, so I'm not myself. <laughs> Come on, Dad, time to go. Okay, son. 
boy, oh boy. <laughs> so that was your weekend. That was my weekend. Man. That was my weekend. I think you know it's it's really funny, and, and I don't want to be morbid here, but but I do want to say, um, you know, we celebrate Memorial Day uh, once a year, and for a lot of people, it's about the beach and 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 you know cooking out and everything. But, you know, it really is about remembering those who never came home. The thing I'd like to say is, look, if you know a veteran who has served in combat, if you know a family who, who has a veteran who served in combat, keep in mind that for most of them, Memorial Day is every day. Right. You know, they, they, I know when I first came back from Beirut, there was a period of 10 years that not a single day went by that I didn't somehow think of those guys that I left behind, sure. you know? And that's, that's, that's something that I think sometimes we as a, as a society miss. You know, it's like, okay, well, we celebrated you. Now on to whatever other thing we're going to do. You know, let's argue about Twitter. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have to protect the democracy. Right? <laughs> Speaking of politics. <laughs> oh, gosh, here we I, go. You know, I, I, I have to say, I tend to be a little conservative and... Uh, um, I watch Fox News, you know, and of course I want to say disclaimer, I don't always believe everything I see on any news show, oh, no, you can't even if I agree with them. <laughs> I taught my children, you should watch the extreme right and the extreme left, and the truth is probably somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Agreed. And so there's a show I like to watch on Five. I, I'm not into everything that they do, because I find a few of their commentators to be quite irritating. Hannity. I love your opinion. I hate your tech technique. Um, is uh, the five, and this is they have you know they have a couple of commentators. There's a liberal guy, and one of the commentators they have is Geraldo Rivera, who is theoretically a libertarian and, and somewhat in the center. I almost never agree with this guy. Isn't he still in Al Capone's vault? Or something? I mean, my gosh, <laughs> still looking for something there. And I mean, Boom. you know, the cool thing is he's he's been doing this for like 50 Long years, time. you know. So yeah. he's seen a lot, and he's been in a lot. I mean, he's been like at all the major stuff, so I respect that. I mean, you, you put it on the line to go report it. You he's, know. A, he's a veteran, isn't he? Is, is he a veteran? No. He's not? Okay. No. <laughs> Why did he, he, he did not report on okay. Vietnam. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. All right. Uh, he was too, he was actually not popular enough for that posting. Oh, really? Okay. You know, so, uh, but he did report on, on a lot of the civil rights things. So he's he's been like mix. But the guy always seems to have, you know, the most left opinion or the dumbest solution to some of the things that happen. <laughs> and so I tend to not agree with him. And I will be darned if he, they did a special thing, a fan mail thing. He was on it last night and I finally found something I agree with Geraldo Rivera on. Mm. Or he agrees with me, actually, I think. Which is amazing. It is. It's absolutely amazing because I'm. Uh, well, Joe knows. I'm pretty on the right side, you know. <laughs> Joe knows the right. Um, and you know what he said? I, I was just. I was. It, this warmed my heart when he said. Right. He said that Nathan's hot dogs are the best hot dogs to grill on a grill. <laughs> so we actually agree on something. <laughs> well, I gotta believe. I gotta be honest. You know, we were out at Cocoa Beach at, at the Best Western, hanging by the pool, drinking drinks. And I saw some hot dogs come out. We're like, we need to order some hot dogs. I tell Lisa, I say, hey, Lisa, go find out what's, what kind of hot dogs they have. And they were chicken dogs. <laughs> I'm like, geez, man, now when I go on vacation, I got to bring my own hot dogs. I got to like, load up the cooler with my Nathan's dogs and, and grill out by the pool. You know, I have a little grill. And I'll start selling them, you know, at the resort to pay for my stay. Yeah, you could. You you know? could. 
So, you know, when Patty and I actually had, uh, I told you a couple weeks ago, we bought like one of these Mondo packs of Nathan's dogs and broke them up. We like had everything, man. We had the buns. We had all the, all the, the fix-ins. I mean, everything you can think of to put on a hot dog just for us. Right. Of and we were both sick. <laughs> and when it came time to make it, it was like, why don't we just eat whatever's left over in the fridge? Can I have some oatmeal? I literally, <laughs> Saturday afternoon, my Memorial Day dinner was oatmeal. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, I'm going to have some oatmeal. I'm going to bed. <laughs> now, the upside to that is I felt great come Sunday morning. Uh, come, oh, wait a minute. Sunday. Sunday, I had the oatmeal. And I guess Saturday, I didn't have any. Lost four pounds. See? There you, you know. go. But on the upside, I get to have Nathan's hot dogs during the week now. Stockpiling, oh, stockpiling. Man, do you do much grilling? I don't. Um, that's why I married my husband. That's his oh. job. Oh, oh. <laughs> I do the shopping, but he does good. He had some He's redeeming really quality. Oh, well, he's also my tech support. So. Oh, oh, tech support. Oh, good. Good. What's your yeah. husband's name? His name's John. John. Okay, John. So. All these years, you've been good for tech support and tech support grilling. And grilling. You need to step up your husband game. He knows. I mean, if that's. <laughs> hey, look, you know, in today's, today's world, you need tech support you all do. the time. You do. Well, and we that's have, what I had children for. We have two teenage boys. Yeah. And oh, wow. So between my husband and my two boys, we've got all kinds of tech support anytime that I need help with something because I'm not particularly tech savvy. I'm the, I like one phone and I'll use that till it dies. And they're all looking at the newest, latest yeah. phrase thing. And it just, it doesn't do anything for me. As long as I can call and text and do my Facebook and then that's it. I'm right. I'm my good. kids I'm always, yeah. fancy. my kids always give me a hard time. <laughs> Dad, your phone is, it still works. It still it? works. And <laughs> it's still paid works. for. I still got my iPhone 10, still working like a champ. <laughs> my protective cover on it. I've had, I've, I mean, I got onto the smartphones and I, my, my habit is usually I keep a phone until an upgrade makes the phone go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. When it goes crazy, I go, okay, time to get another phone. I guess phone. I need a new phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have the space for the latest download. Or it's the, your phone is too old that you cannot download the latest update. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. half of your apps don't work. And we ran into that trouble when we went to Disney last year for our anniversary. We decided to go just, you know, just for the night and mm -hmm. just go hang out. And we rode the little sky bucket things. I forget what they're oh, called. Yeah. But um, it was fun. We went to Disney Springs. But we went to order food at the at the hotel, and you had to have the app in order to get the food. And unfortunately, my phone at the time was so old that I couldn't even download the app. Like, how am I supposed to get food? We like, talked about it. this We're going a couple weeks ago. We hate that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we have to scan like a QR code. Right. It's restaurants are so screwed up with that. They don't yes. understand that it's so hard to scan. And, and then you lose so much business because if, if you're out with a bunch of friends and, and you get a big meal and you're drinking and it's a three-hour event, the last thing you want to do is go scan for a dessert. Well, because, you know, yeah. so, so they lose all yeah. this revenue because you they don't have a damn menu. Right. Well, they don't. They're, right. One, I think they're just being cheap. They Somebody are. sold them on the idea of an app and they don't have to print on, on right. and, you know, now Paper. we don't have to clean them, take care of them. But the right. truth is, I know personally, and I'm sure I'm not the only guy. 90% of the time, if I'm buying an appetizer or a dessert it's be or a premium side, it's because I saw it while I was looking for my entree. Right. 
if I'm flipping through my phone, I'm not going to see it. I'm not right. seeing it. Well, and they usually just have the list of the food. They don't even have pictures of the yeah, food. Yeah, exactly. When you have the QR code. So you don't even see what you're going to be ordering anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a scam. And then you have to like, have well, because I'm unfortunately getting to that, you know, <clears throat> middle age part where my arms aren't long enough. So, so what are you, so 30, to zoom. One, 32, something in that range? Oh, yeah. Just say that, yes, Jill. Thank you. Yours, I'll give you your dollar later. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it, it, it is. It's, it's just overwhelming. You have to zoom. And, I mean, I do DoorDash on, on the phone, but usually because I'm very regular. Mm-hmm. So I wear the same stuff all yeah. the time. So go to the Chinese place, get the same food. Right. But, Makes it so much easier. But otherwise, but... the only time yeah. I really do this is like, like we were going out to dinner with, with, with some friends on, on Saturday. So it was this restaurant I didn't hear. So I brought the restaurant out just to see what the entrees were. Right. You know, but then they can't do menus, which is... Nice. Yeah. But otherwise, you, you, you're right. You don't order the appetizers because you got to scroll through everything. Yes. Oh... You know, and then I forget my reading glasses. Right. And then I can't see. And then exactly. I'm like, so then you're holding your phone out. Oh, and you're what is to that? Figure out where it is. Yep. Well, you know, the other the other thing too is I think restaurants. It, it's not just in the menus, and and I get it. It's the corporatization of restaurants. I am old enough to remember when most restaurants, especially in that casual family dining and up, were not corporations. Mm-hmm. They were individually, locally oh, owned. And they knew how to juggle a reservation book. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. you didn't go and wait an hour, right. hour and a half to get a steak. And if you were, you were probably in a waiting area. I remember a restaurant when I was a kid I used to go to actually had a lobby. And they would have a server in the lobby serving drinks and appetizers. I do remember that. And I mean, I can remember, there's actually still a restaurant in New Hampshire that's become a local chains called the common man and um when patty and i were first married we would go it was our date night well they would give free crackers and cheese mm-hmm. right Ooh. so you could sit up in their lounge we'd go share one beer right with <laughs> <laughs> one beer one two beer. glasses mm-hmm. right because yep. we were newlyweds and yep. college students and <laughs> <laughs> and we would, they had board games, you know, like mm-hmm. we played board games and, and uh, you know, for an hour or two. And it was a good cheap date night for a young couple. But but it, the reason they did that was so that during the way you weren't like killing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's in the cheese and crackers. And it's, it's some sort of a dip in crackers that they make. It's actually, they're famous for that I have the recipe for. I actually make around um, around the holidays and I had to learn. I can't make the recipe the way that they print it because the way that they print it is designed for like four pounds. <laughs> oh my. So you end up with like dip for 40 people. <laughs> You'd like sharing it with your neighbor. Yeah. Like, Merry Christmas, yeah. here you go. Merry Christmas, here you go. Hey, look, we're, uh, we're coming up on our first commercial break. We'd love to hear from our sponsors. We're going to go away for a minute. But here, the reason we brought Mandy on is she works for... Uh, takes works with take stock in children's really cool concept we're going to talk about that when we get back so don't go away stay tuned we'll hear from our sponsors we'll see you in a minute right market your brand and personalize your message brand squad opens doors to new ideas helping to grow your business with smarter marketing thousands of promotional items thousands of ideas turn prospects into customers with brand squad's memorable promotional products Simple marketing, effective results. We do the thinking, you do the winning. Brand Squad, on point with your promotional products. 
All right, and welcome back. Look, we love hearing from our sponsors. And if you're interested in being one, just reach out. Me, Ken, Lisa, uh, any of us. Man, we didn't even introduce Lisa. We'll catch her on the uh, marketing. Miss yeah, Lisa's yeah. not with us today. Say hi to Lisa. As you can see, she's the invisible producer today. <laughs> She'll be back again next week with, some, with, with next week's episode. So, bye, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. We took we we were talking as as the creators of the show. We think we're going to have to cut Lisa's producer pay in half. And, you know, of course, half of nothing half is nothing. nothing is, is so nothing, you know. So. She'll have to start paying us. That's right. She'll have to start paying us to produce the show. Thank you, Lisa, for the privilege of helping us out. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Mandy, uh, I met Mandy actually, I don't think it was last week. I think it was three weeks ago. It was three like weeks. A, was it a first Friday? It was a first Friday. First Friday. Mm -hmm. So the Chamber has an event called First Friday. Um, it's kind of a speed networking event. Mandy sat at one of my tables, uh, one of the tables I was sitting at, and I thought what she talked about was cool. I've heard of it before. It's Take Stock in Children. And as Ken and I has talked about, we actually have a love for... Um, love for those students, which may not necessarily be the ones that you would find who seem to be on the top tier, the cream of the right. crop. The right. thing that Ken and I have noticed is that every time we go to this thing that they're passing away, passing out scholarships, it's always the kid with the, I think the last one had a 5.1, 5.01 uh, grade point average uh, it still blows my mind how right. you get more than a 4.0. I can tell you how. <laughs> but they get a 5.01 and, right. you know, they, they've, they've uh, you know, do all this volunteering and they're the captain of a team and you're like, well, you better be getting scholarships, <laughs> you know. I mean, dude, you know, and then you find out, you know, their parent is, uh, you know, Billionaire Smith. You know, who probably could have written the check anyways. Right. And, and, and we tend to think because we're guys who like to think of ourselves as um, as quite accomplished, but we were never that guy. Right. You know. Right. Well, speak for yourself. You, you know, <laughs> when, when I graduated high school, I, you know, you know my cumulative was like 6.3, uh -huh. although that was adding junior, sophomore, yeah. <laughs> senior scores. But damn, it, it was up there. It was up there when you added them all together. My SAT score, you could count on three, three fingers. <laughs> but, but that's the way it is. But it, it, it just seems like we see a lot of kids that go out and, and you know, make a great thing. And, and unfortunately, they tend not to get, they tend not to get the attention or the, um, they tend not to get the attention or the, or the funds or, the or, or all the all the benefits and the help. So when you talked about take stock in children, I said, mm -hmm. "Man, this fits our vibe perfectly." <laughs> perfectly. So because tell us what it is and what you do. So take stock in children is a uh, government program through uh, Florida Prepaid. We work together with them to build scholarships, and we give scholarships to students that we bring into the program. We focus on students that have financial need. Mm -hmm. So the families that are really struggling to be able to make ends meet, we want to break that poverty cycle and be able to educate the students mm -hmm. to be able to be successful when they're adults and they're out in the real world. And with our program, when we bring them in, they sign a contract and they have to agree to keeping their grades up. They have to have at least a 2.5. So they have to have a C average in all of their classes. They have to have good attendance. They have to have good behavior because... You know, if you're spending more time in the office because you're in trouble, you're missing out on instruction time. Right. And attendance and academics go hand in hand. So we need to have that together. 
and they also have to meet with a mentor on a regular basis. And we pair them up with a mentor when they come into the program. And as long as they do what they're supposed to do, when they graduate, we give them a 60 credit hour tuition scholarship. So they're basically able to go to like Lake Sumter mm -hmm. and get an associate's degree on us. Now, we don't do the books and, you know, they can't use the scholarship to score sweet merch in the, you know, the right, bookstore right. or something like that. They have to use it just for tuition. Right. But then that's where I also come in in helping them to find other scholarship opportunities that now, they may not be aware of. Is that after they graduate or so, is that while they're in high school? Is that, is that a dually enrolled? Because that's, ah, that's tough. That's different. So with dual enrollment, that is paid for by the school district. So the kids, and we do have some that are actually mm -hmm. in, um, who are dual enrolled with Lake Sumter at their high schools. And we've had a few that have graduated with their their associate's degree, which means they can use our scholarship to work towards their four-year degree. Awesome. So it's just a 60-hour, roughly. And we tell them, stay in state because you get more bang for your buck. And because it's through Florida prepaid, obviously. Florida mm -hmm. wants them to stay in Florida because we're kind of helping to pay for them. But they can use it at a tech school. They can use it at a state college. They can use it at a university. Mm -hmm. They can go to a private school. It's completely up to the, the student as to what they want to do. They just have to understand if you go to a fancy schmancy school, it's probably not going to go as far right. as, as you want it to be able to go, which is pretty cool. So let, let, let me ask you then, um, sure. do they have the option of, of going to a technical school? Absolutely. Oh, they do? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. Our scholarship can go anywhere the kid can go, basically. Okay. So there's there are some limits. Some schools will let you use as much money as you need to up front, and then they may run out before they get their degree. With other schools, it's you only have so much that you can use per semester. So okay. it depends on the school that they go to, but it can be a, a technical school. So Lake Tech gets quite a few of our students. Oh, okay, good, yeah, because that's always so. that's always an issue for these students because, you, you know, I, I remember in high school, you know, guidance counselors would say, well, if, if you're if you're not going to go to college, you'll work at McDonald's, right? And so there was there was never any guidance that that, that there were other great things There's you could do. Things I mean, I mean, you could be an EMT, you could be a nurse, you could be. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, who needs a plumber nowadays no or an kidding. HVAC guy well, or, or, or an electrician or, right. you know, and, and I think that's mechanic. where schools have, have, have dropped the ball mm -hmm. with with not saying to the student, like, like and, and my son's a perfect example, smart kid, um, new uh, in high school, he says, dad, I don't want to go to college, work mm -hmm. in a cubicle right. and, you know, grind it out for the next 40 years. Mm -hmm. I said, well, learn a trade. Right. Learn something. You know, and so he, he went with one of the electrician mm -hmm. and was digging conduit ditches out in Champion out of Champions Gate. Okay. And and hated it. I mean, by the end of summer his neck was the color of those tires. I bet. But but he's he has his own telecommunications company because that's that's his niche. Mm -hmm. But I think that's where guidance drops the ball and, and I and I think what you're doing is great because it allows those kids that, are, that say, you know, to spend $50,000 on a business degree when I want to do something like this, right. you know, a lot of times they can't because they're trapped to either go to college, do something they don't want to do, mm -hmm. or, you know, they're trying to figure it out themselves. Right. And one of the things that, that we also do is we do workshops with the students mm -hmm. to be able to educate them in things that they're not learning in school. Because let's face it, <laughs> I was a, a classroom teacher for 13 years, and we pushed so much with academics that... They don't have all of those skills like interpersonal communication skills and being able to, you know, rock a, an interview or balance a checkbook, although they don't even know what a checkbook is anymore. Right. <laughs> but being able to make a budget and being able mm -hmm. to stick with a budget. Those are things that they just they have not been teaching the, the kids. And 
we actually do workshops with the kids. So they, sometimes they're required, sometimes they're not. We're actually doing a career speed dating next week where we have people from the community mm -hmm. that are coming and just talking about what jobs they have mm -hmm. and the path that they took to get there. So with my husband, he works in an engineering firm and it was, he wanted to do this and that's what he's working on and he does 3D modeling, which is pretty cool. And I started out with, I wanted to be a hospital administrator and I worked full time at uh, Florida Hospital for four years and then decided, yeah, I really don't want to do this. So then I went to, um, to Bible College full time in Kissimmee. It's now Johnson University. It was for a Christian college back then and decided I want to be in elementary education. Mm -hmm. So I changed completely. I worked at Disney for a few years and then I became a teacher and then I became an online teacher for um, about three and a half years with kids that are in China. So I was like, oh, wow. which was different. And then the position at Take Stock opened, so I was able to, to jump in. So I've been able to see it through lots of different Every angle, angles. Every really? Yeah. yeah. I think that's huge. I mean, it, kids need some guidance. They do. You know? I they think do. that's, a, that's a, a realistic take too, because I think, uh, and Ken and I have talked about this. I've had no less than a thousand conversations with college graduates whining that they just graduated and they can't find a job in their field at seventy thousand dollars. Right. And and you know my attitude is well, welcome to reality. You know, you you say this like twenty years ago that was normal. It, I mean, twenty years ago, forty years ago, seventy years ago. Unless you were a teacher or a nurse, you did not start in your field right. as soon as you got out of college. You right. had to do something else, start at the very bottom, not get work paid what you, you had to work your way up. Absolutely. You know, that idea that you that a college education was a guaranteed job in your field, you know, mm -hmm. comes from the 1920s when only rich guys got college educations, you know. Right. Um, it's, and and it's, it's hard to get people to understand that... College is possible for everybody, but it may not be, the path may not be right out of high school. Right. Correct. You know, and that's, that's the thing I can remember trying to guide my oldest son who wanted to be a doctor and he went off to school, um, failed his first year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Had to realize, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, I was the smartest kid at Leesburg High, but you know, when you get to college, you're with all the smartest kids, <laughs> right. right? I mean, so... <laughs> Now you have to work. Um, but but a time period came where he was going to give up on his dream because it was so hard. And he mm -hmm. felt he was so far behind. And uh, thankfully, he was exposed to some doctors who were like, you know, most doctors aren't doctors until they're like 35 or 40. You know, none of us, very, very few of us do that whole bachelor degree in four years, straight to medical school, straight to, so you know, their internship most of us people. like, yeah, boom, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're not doctors at 26, right. you know, most of us, right. you know, and, and those of us that are, our parents were doctors, mm -hmm. you know, or high end something or other, right. you face some reality. Most of <laughs> us, like you, felt a dream and something to do and there was a path to take that was not necessarily the propaganda path that right. Hollywood and the media want us to believe it is, right? right. Where where do you get your students from? Do you get leads on these students? Does it does it come from So the students that we service are from the eleven schools in Lake County oh. and also in Sumter. So I actually work with Lake Manual High School, Eastridge High School, South Lake High School, and South Sumter High School. 
then my counterpart, uh, Kim, works with Tiberi's High School, Umatilla High School, Mount Dora High School, The Villages, and I know I'm forgetting one, Eustis High School. And then Connie works with Leesburg High School and then uh, Wildwood Middle High School. We don't care about so. nothing. We just care about the South Lake <laughs> kids. So South Lake kids, our kids, you know, kids we love, heck with love the, rest the of them. South, <laughs> South Lake kids. So we work with Whiplake and Sumter counties. And what we do is we go to the schools and we talk with the kids and we explain, hey, we have this program that's available to you. We bring them in as ninth graders. We're actually going to be extending it this year to where we're going to start interviewing and bringing in eighth graders as well oh. because we want the kids to have a mentor and have a plan in place when they get to high school mm -hmm. instead of giving them a year to flop and then yeah. go, oh gosh, you need help. Now you got to spend a year making up. And you so, know, my son, yes. when he went to cut, when, you know, he flunked out of that first year and he ended up going um, to Gainesville. As a matter of fact, I thought he was going to fall on his face and have to come back. I had to kick him out of the house because we had a conflict about work and school and everything. And, you know, I wasn't going to be that dad that let somebody sit there on the couch and go, why is my kid not, not successful? Get out. I love you. Get out. Um, but um, the guy went to Gainesville and literally spent three years making up for that flock year. And I feel bad because of circumstances. I wasn't there to guide him through that year he was flopping and keep him from it. So that's a good plan. And then you have students who they financially cannot flop. They mean if they if they're not successful that first year in college, they're done. They're not going to be able to go back and retake classes and things like because they can't afford it. So we want to make sure that we set them up. He got three part time jobs and took every class he failed one at a time, cash out of his own pocket at UF mm -hmm. um, till he got his grades. And some of those he had to take a couple of times yeah. oh. till he got his grades high enough mm -hmm. to get his scholarships back. It took almost right. four years. But, right. but once he did, he was off and flying. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know? But we want to be able to set them up. To do you, do you help identify um, maybe learning disabilities? or, or I mean, because the, the, the big thing today is, what do they call it, the 503 plan? Or there's a 504 plan. 504 right. plan. Right. And, and, you know, and it seems my wife is a teacher and mm -hmm. um, for Florida Virtual School, and I see an awful lot of the 504 plans. Mm -hmm. And not like I'm looking over her shoulder, but I'm always in the next room. And there is a certain percentage, it seems like, there are parents using the 504 plan to make excuses for their kids. Some, yes. You know. <laughs> but some students genuinely do have struggles, and they do need that extra support. With us, it's not a situation where we look for students that have learning disabilities or have you know extenuating circumstances where they are cognitively having issues. We're looking at the student as a person, and we're looking at them as a whole. And we're looking at their grades, we're looking at behavior, we're looking at their attendance, and we're not looking for the biggest and brightest. Oh, best. that's a hard break. Usually that would be a producer in our ear telling us to <laughs> right. take a break, but now we're on our own. The timer so said, who so knows we're going to take happen. a commercial break. Hear from our sponsors once again. Don't go away because we have more coming from Mandy Cook with Take Stocking Children. Be right back. At Minuteman Press, we believe in building relationships, treating people with respect, and we take real pride in helping people build their own brands. We create, we design, we print, and we promote. We laugh, we enjoy, we are friends and family. We are thankful, thankful for your trust and the opportunity to build with you. We are modern, we are knowledgeable, and we are inspired. We are growing. 
Contact your local Minuteman Press today to say hello and see how we can help your business. Together, let's build our relationship. And welcome back. We are still here with Mandy Cook with Take Stock and Children. She's explaining to us uh, some cool things about how the program works. Now, you said you're starting to bring in eighth graders. So right. what happened? Let's say you find a kid, you identify a kid. And uh, and, and how does this, this work? You know, we talked about um, the cream of the crop tends to be the one seeking these things out. But right. you guys work a little differently, we don't do. you? We do. We actually look for the ones who need support. So we're not looking for the best of the best. We're looking at the ones that are successful, but they just need a little bit of help. Sure. So what we do is we go to the schools and we do a pre uh, usually it's AVID classes. Um, the, that's one of the programs that I absolutely, that's near and dear to my heart. Both of my kids are in AVID. And it's a wonderful program to help them become more responsible. Tell us what AVID is for the viewers. AVID is Advancement via Individualized uh, Determination. So basically it's an elective that mm -hmm. the kids select and it's for the year. And they learn things like philosophical charismatic method. They do debates. They do research projects. They go on their field trips are to universities and to colleges. So they're thinking about going mm -hmm. to school at a younger age. So those are the kids, and they have to have C's or better in class, which is perfect because so do we. Right. So we tend to go to those classes, although I've been to history classes and other classes as well. But we present and we tell them, okay, if you fall in these parameters of you have good grades, you behave yourself, uh, you're not causing a lot of trouble, you're showing up to school on time, and then we talk about the, the financial need aspect. Mm -hmm. That's usually the part where the kids are a little fuzzy. And honestly, I mean, when I was in middle school, I had no idea how much my parents made. So looking back now, I'm thinking, gosh, I would have qualified for this program. <laughs> my dad was a retired firefighter. My mom cleans houses for a living. I mean, right. I would have been great. It's, it started after I graduated, but whatever. <laughs> so we go and we talk with them, and then we had them complete an application. So they complete the application. Then in the office, we look at the financials. We make sure that they do qualify for our program because we look at USDA guidelines. We look at HUD housing. Mm -hmm. um, if the student has Medicaid or they've had SNAP or TAMF uh, benefits, mm -hmm. then like you know food stamps, that automatically qualifies them for our program. Good. So we then interview the students and we pull them into an office and we have a couple of mentors or people from the community that will interview the kids and just talk with them and just kind of say, what are your plans and what are you thinking and how would you describe yourself and just trying to get to know the students a little bit better. And then we take a look at their applications that are scored. Mm -hmm. And we have people who they blind score. They don't know who the kids are. They just look at you know the little paragraphs that they write about themselves. And the parents write a little something. We look at their interview score. And then the kids who score the highest, those are the ones that we bring in. And they are not always the high flyers. They're ones that they struggle a little bit. But that's what we're here for. We want to be able to give those kids who may think, oh, gosh, I can't possibly make it to college they have that that opportunity or even to a tech school. I mean, it's not sure. just not just college, it's tech schools as well. I have uh, one student in Sumter who wants to be in cosmetology. I'm like, well, girl, I'm going to come to you, get my nails done, get my hair done. <laughs> so I'm like, you just have to remember me when you're famous as you know, being a cosmetologist, you know. So we bring them into the program and then we, we match them with a mentor. And a mentor can be anybody from the community that is a level two volunteer cleared through the school district. So there's paperwork and there's fingerprinting and that kind of thing. But we want to make sure that the kids are with safe people. Mm -hmm. 
which in this day and age, we absolutely want them to be with, with safe people. And they meet with their mentor once a week for like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. The mentor can either go to the school or they can um, visit on our app. They have like a, it's almost like FaceTime. Like, like a Zoom or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. and okay. they can also do Zoom with me. So they meet for 30 minutes and they just check in with them. And it's an adult that they're not related to, that they're not getting a grade from. It's just another person that is in their corner cheering for them, kind of guiding them. And I mean, as a teacher and as a mother, <laughs> I know my own personal children listen to other people more than they listen to me. All so, <laughs> I mean, a soccer coach That's can have a much bigger... That's one of God's universal laws. I don't get it. You I know. don't either. I don't. But my, my son will listen to his soccer coach way more than he will ever listen to me. So he, I know he needs that, that mentorship. And they build these great relationships and just, you know, they, and the mentors will call me and say, hey, how are the grades looking? And I can tell them, oh, we're looking really good. Or, ooh, we need to work on chemistry. And then they can let me know if there's something going on also at home. Like if right. there's some big issue, then I know I can reach out to the guidance counselor at their school and say, hey, this is what's going on. And we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support. So it's just another level of, of care. And it takes that pressure off of the teacher a little bit because they have plenty to keep them busy. About, yeah. That I can come along and go, <clears throat> you have a D in chemistry. Uh, <laughs> we need to work on this. So what do you need? And then I can email the teachers. I can look for resources to be able to help them to be successful. Now, how often does a mentor? Um, how often does a mentor meet with you? Once a week. Once a week. Yeah, it's only thirty minutes. And it can be either on the app, it can be in person. And if so. somebody was interested in being a mentor, I was right. not Joe, you can't qualify me, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> All my viewers know that Joe has a checkered past. <laughs> there are certain things I cannot be approved for. And that doesn't mean he was a cab driver. I've come to know, I was not a cab driver. I, I, I have come to terms with it, and I'm okay with it. But there are other people. Right. Uh, I have found other ways to serve the community. Right. Uh, um, somebody said, oh, Joe, I trust you with my children. I'm like, you should not trust me with anything. I don't <laughs> trust Joe with all himself. Your children. <laughs> you can't trust me with a $5 bill. Don't trust me with your children. Well, you can trust me with a $5 bill. Maybe not a submarine sandwich. You know? <laughs> Anyways, how, how do people, How do, do they like just apply? Do you find, do you guys find them? It's, you identify them. It's interesting. We have had several news articles that have come out, particularly in the villages, um, where they just talked about take stock and said, hey, we need mentors. And honestly, I need four mentors for Eastridge in the fall. So I have four students right now that I'm going, okay, who can I put them with? And I can mentor some. I can't do it all just because right. I need to be able to make sure that I can meet with the other students that, that we have in the program. But, you know, Ken and I may be able to help you with that. Mm -hmm. I think we know of an organization of, I don't know, what would you call them, business leaders? Yeah, like, is it 40 like, like 40 business leaders that you could mm -hmm. speak to and maybe find a mentor or two? I'm, I'm fairly sure you could fill that hole that quick. <laughs> easily. I, easily. I would hope so. so. And they're great kids. They really are. I thoroughly enjoy it. And, you know, being a teacher, I can, you know, I can talk to a brick wall and be perfectly entertained, but <laughs> that's one of the reasons why my husband married me is that I help him make friends. He's my tech support. So, you know, <laughs> it all works it's, a, it's a trade off. It's a trade off. Totally. So, um, but they can either just call the office and ask for information. We send out, um, there's an application that they fill out that tells us what they're interested in, hear about us, and then, you know, why do you want to be a mentor? 
and what are some things, some strengths that you have so that way we can match them up with, a, with the correct student. Then they go through the background check and they get fingerprinted and all that good stuff with the school district and then we match them with the student. So then they start their relationship. And the idea is we want the same mentor with the same student all three or four years. So it's actually a commitment. So it's right. a commitment. It is. Like marriage, Joe. So but it's a good commitment. <laughs> you know? It's and it's not it's a it's not like twenty four seven. It's just a you know, check in with them once a week kind of a thing. Do you find so. it that the mentors tend to follow the student like well after the senior year it's like into college and quite a few I mean, do they they become friends mm -hmm. i would imagine yep. all the time there is one mentor that i spoke with at sumter who uh, she meets with her former mentee once a year they she comes down in the summertime in between her um her summer or her spring and her fall classes and they make a date to go to dinner and then they just get caught up on what's going on because you've you've spent years knowing this child and you have that relationship, and they want to be able to go back and, and continue to connect. Which I think can I assume cool. you're pairing men with men with men and women not necessarily? With women or, no, no. It's it just it depends on how the student is comfortable. Do you, you know the students kind of like I don't care, or no, I really want to have a, you know, a female, right. or no, I really want to have a male. And the mentors are the same way. Sometimes they're like I don't care. Sometimes they're very specific as to what we want, and we try to match right. with those personalities. It's going to be tough for you. I mean, have you ever had a mentor that you had to say, hey, uh, you know, this isn't a good fit for you. We need that. <laughs> I've had mentors that have said, this is not a good fit for me. Uh -huh. And they've stepped back. And that's one of the reasons why we have a need for mentors is because I've had a few that have said, you know, this is I have a new job. And now I, I can't give that commitment like right. I was before. So yeah. then we have students and I've picked up a few uh, just because I could. And I love doing it, but it's just a matter of I don't have enough time to give to, sure. you know, four or five different students. I want to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can for all of the kids in the program. And having another person that can check in mm -hmm. with them, it's always a good idea to have one more adult who's, you know, saying, hey. Do you, do you try to prepare the kid that that's a possibility when they assign them or when you build we, the red? We try not to give them that whole, you know, this could be permanent or maybe not. We yeah. just, we want to just, just deal with it build when it, it comes. and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I would imagine even if, I mean, if you go in two years and something happens and you can't complete the commitment, right. you can still maintain a relationship. Sure. Right. Sure. You just can't have the commitment to the thing. You right. Know, so. Right. Do, do any of these kids ever just go not go on to college? Do, do they not take advantage of that scholarship money and just go into the workforce because they've been mentored? Occasionally they will. We try to push them to at least get some secondary education. I mean, they have the scholarship they not use it. So I have one student that wanted to start her own um, child care business. So she didn't feel like she needed to go to college. And I went, oh, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, 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 no. <laughs> said, even if you don't go to school full time, because it's not a thing of they don't have to go full time. Even if they just take a class or two sure, and then they're working and just use, as long as they're using their scholarship money, we're good. And with some of the students, they can't afford to just go to school and that's it. They have to work. So, the rule for my children was always, if you're living in my house, mm -hmm. 
part-time student, full-time job, full-time student, part-time job. There was no other option. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's either way, you're working and you're learning, because that's kind of life, right? Right. I mean, right. those of us that are that are professionals, we're constantly learning. You know, I, I, I spend 30 minutes a day, minimum, reading about my industry, right? right? Formulating ideas, trying to project the markets, uh, you know, reading about the other things I want to do with my life, whether it's becoming an author or other things. And I think that so often we teach kids that, you know, you've gotten out of school, so you're done learning, you know, and then, then we wonder why we have a society that's somewhat stagnant. Right. You know, what, what's that? Well, they know thing? everything. Readers well, are yeah. readers, right? Yeah. It's they all know. right. It's well, how do you know what information to look for? Right. <laughs> exactly. Your and kids had it easy, man. I was going to college full time and working full time. Yeah. Man, it was brutal. <laughs> I tell them, tell them they had it easy. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind they had the crackhead dad for a long time. <laughs> well, I, I think I think getting back to Mandy's program though, or or, or or part of it is is that kids today have an unrealistic expectation mm -hmm. of what's in front of them. Yes and Instant no. Gratification. <laughs> You know, yes, you can, you know, order something from Amazon and three hours later it shows up at your house. College and, mm -hmm. you know, careers are not like that. It takes time. It takes effort. And it's not... find examples in every generation. In my sure. generation, it was sports. Mm. Everybody thought you were going to go five-year-old table <laughs> players going to play right. Major League Baseball. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and I mean, kids think they're going to go be a movie star, you know, without realizing the working actor spends 10 years mm -hmm. getting to the place where they can work enough as an actor to live on, and I'm not even talking about making the big money. I mean, make a living, pay your bills being an actor. Mm -hmm. I think that what we see a lot of today, but it's back to because of me and social media, is the idea of influencer. Mm -hmm. And I know that when my kids were coming up, the, the reality, everybody thought when computers got big, I knew kids who was like, well, I'm going to be a computer, but I'm going to make websites for people. Yeah, you and everybody else. Right. I remember kid. <laughs> Probably 10 years ago, he started, he was going to have a web business. I, he was just starting out, and I was going to give him a chance. And he wanted like $5,000 to create a website. And I was like, okay, just because you want to sit at home and create websites doesn't mean you're worth $5,000. Let me see. You have your dad's website, who you didn't right. pay nothing for. You have your mom's website, who you didn't pay nothing for. And you have your mom's friend's website, who paid you nothing. I'm not paying you $5,000. Right. You, you want to get in the market? Be reasonable. Right. Anyways, we're up on a hard break again. There it is. That's a producer telling me I in an obnoxious way. <laughs> take a break. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to wrap it up. We'll see you in a minute. Bye-bye. But, but it's just a different world today. It's it just, is. I mean, it is. Um, you know, like, like, like you had mentioned, 
you know, you, your, your dad was a retired firefighter, mm-hmm. you know, your mom cleaned houses. You had no idea how much money they made no. or didn't make. Or, no. <laughs> and, and, and none of us did. And they think, right. I graduated with a business degree. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to run IBM. Right. I'm exactly. $5 million dollars a year. Clearly, I'm ready to take on the world, and <laughs> you right. should pay me a session. Right. Yes. You know, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I think that's that's part of what's happened. Um, I, like, like, like I, I know growing up, I never knew how much a rock star made or, or an athlete made yeah. or, or, or a uh, celebrity. You didn't know. The only thing that we knew was Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Right. Where you toured these people's homes. But you right. didn't know, what is that home called now? Like um like my bonus daughter she she, she wants to go off to med school, and uh, you know she wants a million dollar house, five million dollar house, and because that's the mindset, right? You know, right? They yeah. want to have it all and they want it all now. Yeah. So it's kind of like Violet from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Look what happened to her. <laughs> exactly. A big bloat. Yeah. Yeah. Big problems. You just there. dated yourself. By so the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome back. You know, before the break, we were talking about how how kids want some, and it's not just kids. I mean, it's our society. I know yeah. people my age who think that way. They're going to make this jump, and suddenly they're going to be all of this. And right. um, you know, my question would be, how do you manage those expectations? You know, that that uh, I have a very good pastor friend, and, and he has some employees, and three or four of them are considered influencers they have 40 50,000 followers on Instagram right. mm-hmm. but they don't make any money right because 40 50,000 followers in today's world is not it's enough nothing. Yeah. you know so so how do you help those kids learn to manage those expectations is that part of the the process of mentoring or? that's part of the, the process of mentoring and also with workshops and being able to talk with them about different opportunities that they have, but also being realistic and saying, okay, I realize you want to have the million dollar home. Mm-hmm. However, you know, if you're only working part time, that's probably not going to happen. We need to look at, <laughs> you know, making some kind of adjustments here to your plan. And you don't want to like squash their dreams because that's, that's not what it's about. Realistic ideas as far as this is what I can do, not necessarily that. And guiding them with where their strengths lie and that comes with mentoring and then i'm also the college success coach which means i meet with the kids once a quarter and i check in with them and it's let's talk about your grades let's talk about behavior let's talk about your attendance let's talk about what you want to do when you're done in high school what are some plans and then they can tell me oh i want to be an engineer or i want to be a hairstylist or i want to be a doctor i want to be a lawyer i want to you know have a child care facility whatever and then we talk about what it's going to take mm-hmm. to do that right. and be able to have those conversations of, okay, if you want to go into engineering, you're going to have to do really well in math. Right. And if you don't like math, that's probably not, not what you want to do. So like chemistry was not my thing. Uh, the only reason why I passed is because my teacher had pity on me and didn't want to have me for school. So. Do you know, but, and that's, that's so important. And I love what you said about you don't want to squash their dreams because so often uh, I find the education system. I actually had a, a a guidance counselor say to to me and my wife in front of my son when he was struggling with a Spanish class as a junior. Mm-hmm. He said, "Well, you just have to accept, Mr. Carlisle. Timmy's not college material." Oh, <laughs> I looked at Tim. I was so mad. And that was pre Jesus, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my son. I was like, "Leave the office." 
now. He got up, and the guy kept talking, and finally, Tim closed the door, and Miss Pat went, you better shut up, because he's about to come across the table. And I said, don't you ever let me hear you say that about a kid in front of a kid. You have no clue what he's capable of. I don't have a clue what he's capable of. Only God knows. But if you're sitting here telling him and giving him an excuse. Right. But when I was a kid, I was an experimental, um, back in the 60s, I was one of the experimental Ritalin kids. Okay. Mm, like okay. on dose, my wife has found old prescriptions that my mom had had that, that like today would be, would put a doctor in jail for right. prescribing, right? Oh, I mean, your mother kept you was in a, line. But my mother, you know, I go from hyperactive to... Sleeping all day. Right? <laughs> I was behaving in school in second grade, right? Um, and so, but I know for a long time, because that was what they did. I remember my mother saying to me, oh, you're so lucky. We used to, and of course my grades went up because I wasn't, you know, bouncing off the bouncing walls. Off the walls right. But mm-hmm. I also, right. They didn't know enough in those days to, to say, maybe you should stop feeding him a pound and a half of sugar a day. Because yeah. he's not running it off anymore. You know, right. Right. Um, is that I know for a long time, my academic career as a, as a kid, mm-hmm. I use that as an excuse. Well, of course, yeah. I have a bad grade because right. I'm dumb. And it, it made me aware that a lot of the system is designed to crush these kids' dreams, you know. Yeah. So so this is where we run into, well, then only the cream of the crop, the kids from the stable homes with the good parents, right. with the, you know, with all the opportunities. It's no wonder that they excel mm-hmm. because the system seems to be giving all the other kids, you know, an excuse for not excelling, for not overcoming their circumstances. Ask this question: Do you have a, a a technique or a facility to help them keep that dream alive? To help them with real goal setting and dreaming? And because I'm a firm believer in if you make enough of the right small changes and small choices over the course of time, you can achieve, overcome, recover from any mistake, any sure. tragedy, any trauma, any anything that might hold you back and, and I used to tell my children this you know you can you can cut down the oldest oak tree if you whack at it with a pen knife long enough sure you know so do you have anything in, in place for that in your system or I would say it goes how do you along keep the dream alive that that's the question it, it goes along with mentoring and having that relationship with another adult and being able to bounce ideas and be able to say you know I want to be an engineer but I struggle with math. Okay, so is this going to be a realistic goal for you or not? And if it's not, then let's look at some other things. What else are you interested in? And just having those conversations. And sometimes they're tough conversations, but they're ones that need to be had. And it's it's speaking the truth in love and not being, you know, attacking. You know, I, I, my younger son, when he was in fifth grade, wanted to be a rock star when he grew up. My baby, that is not, I still that's want to not be a, rock a career. Star. <laughs> So, yeah, now he wants to be a YouTube influencer and all that. I'm like, sweetie, we, we need to find something for you to fall back on. You know, I love you, and, you know, God has great plans for you, however. <laughs> See, but that's, you also get your act together. To pay that's, a your perfect, bills. that's a perfect example. <laughs> Son, you can do that. Yes. But 
there's a price. Right. Are yeah. you willing to pay that price? Exactly. And you have to pay your bills in the meantime. Right. You know, so right. so let's examine, do you really want this? Okay, let's look at the cost. What does the this Bible say? No, no man builds a house lest he counts the cost. Right. Right? Is that what it says? I right. probably grossly You got me. It's, that. That's pretty close, yeah. That's pretty close. <laughs> Bible, a la joke. <laughs> a la joke. Second has turned to second hesitations. I think I think it's, I think it's bringing kids to you. Got to bring people to reality. You do. You, you know, a, a a ladder has rungs that are twelve inches apart mm -hmm. for a reason. Right. Because although you could try to get up up the building quicker if the ladder had rungs five feet apart, it's short trying, legs like me would be yeah. You'd be like not able to do. You that. just can't reach. You just can't reach that goal trying to take these right. large steps. Right. And uh, and do you know actually on a side note. The reason those rungs are that far apart is that provides stability to the ladder. No, that makes sense. You know that, that that's physics mm -hmm. is your friend. That yeah. provides stability to the yep. ladder. Yep. If it's further apart, you. The yeah. small, small steps and stuff. Yeah. I, I think. We've we have we have screwed up our kids really with with participation trophies. Oh, don't get me started. With, with, um, I, I saw a great meme the other day, and, and it was it was a two it was a two window meme. The first meme had two parents, principal, mm -hmm. looking down at the kid because the kid wasn't performing or had bad grades or or, or something like that. Right. Talked to the kid. The meme showed the kid and the parents yelling at the, the teacher. teacher. Yeah. Exactly. You know, my kid's great. Why'd you do this? <laughs> right. And and that's what we've become. Mm -hmm. You know, and and teachers sometimes overly they want to categorize your child. I had an incident with with, with my youngest Hunter. He was over at um, uh, I forget the name of the school, third grade. Mm -hmm. They call my wife and I to the office uh, because Hunter's being disruptive. Um, the principal's there. There's a guidance counselor. There's two teachers. This and, and my wife and I, and you know, we, we really feel Hunter needs counseling. We think he has ADHD. Um, he ha he has a short attention span. He's not paying attention, and they're hitting me with all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so what I hit them with was, but his report card straight A's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ADHD is not yeah. the problem. <laughs> You know, and they all looked at me like oh, you, you're, you're going on to what we're saying. I'm saying, you teach to the slowest student. Right. And I said, find something for him to do. Make him clean the chalkboard. But you want to categorize and classify and tell me it's therapy and counseling, when that's not the issue. Yeah. You know? Yep. And well, and being supportive of teachers, I think so many educators now are not supportive. No, they're not. And that is extremely frustrating because. You know, as as a college student and going into uh, academics, it was the well. You realize that this is your mission field, kind mm -hmm. of a thing. And yeah, you do. But I'm also not, you know, a monk taking a vow of poverty either. I make a difference, but I also want to be able to afford to have a family, and having to make those those uh, those tough choices. And I felt like I shortchanged my own children so much because I spent so much time at school after school or before. School, trying to get lessons ready and grading papers and you know you had to have the most exciting thing planned for the students otherwise they wouldn't pay attention mm -hmm. and they wouldn't listen and it was just it was so much so much stress and then with everything else going on on the planet it's just it is so much and they really they are trying to do the best that they can mm -hmm. but they're basically having to drink out of a fire hose I mean there's just so much coming at them at one time well well parents think that it's daycare 
They do. You, you know, and they do. and the parents don't take responsibility for their part right. in their students' behavior. Right. You know, right. making sure that Johnny does does the report and gets it done on time right. and things like that. And that's how the mentors can help with our mm -hmm. kids because they even if they don't have a parent that's supporting them at home because they're having to work two or three jobs, they have an adult who's going, yeah. okay, look, <laughs> you need to get your homework done. You need, you need to carve out time. What are you doing? I had a student that uh, was struggling because he couldn't keep up with his assignments in his English class. And I said, okay, so what are you doing about it? You can't just say... There's so much work. Okay, well, suck it up, Buttercup. Let's go. Right. You know, what I'm are you not. Doing all day? I'm not that that coddling. <laughs> you oh, haven't figured it out. I'm not the. I am not the coddle type. But do you know, again, what though, are you going it's, to do? it's many parents. I think don't understand it. There's that whole, and this goes, I think, all the way from those with the most opportunity mm -hmm. and the highest economic ranges, socioeconomic ranges, down to. The people who really just throw their hands in the air because they really have to work because of their situation. They're just, right. all they're concerned about is putting food on the table and paying the rent. Right. Okay. Especially when we're looking at an economy like what's going on now. Because mm -hmm. that's, so they don't care. But there is, in that range from there up, there's almost a mentality of, oh, my kid's got to be involved in sports and dance and this club and this thing and this thing. You know, life is about choices. Yes. You know, um, and unfortunately, or fortunately, you have to pick. And, and we have a society almost that doesn't, that once agree, you don't have to choose, you can do everything. And this was in the in the 80s, this was a big thing. Why can't women have it all? Well, because nobody can have it all. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and I'm not saying that... I'm. Don't misin misinterpret what I'm Joe's saying. Joe's not being mean yet. That's, that's not it's just an example. Right. Is that we tend to say, you know, this isn't fair. Well, welcome to the human Life race. Life is not Life fair. Is not fair. <laughs> it's, there, there tends to be a pressure and a stress to get kids involved in everything when you really need to pick. You know, parents, I told this story before on the show, and I'll tell it again real quick. I have a son, my second oldest son, Got in trouble a couple of times at school. He was in high school, and uh, first time I came down on him with the hammer. Nothing. Mm -hmm. You don't. You're grounded. You're it. Mm -hmm. I don't care that you got you know disciplined at school or what do they call it? referral right. referral at school. You won't get a referral at home. <laughs> the very next, and it was for disrespecting a teacher. Oh. And I was like, I don't care what you mm. think about her. I don't care if she's stupid. I don't care if she's <laughs> dumb. I don't care if she's mean to you. She has the authority. Right. When I was in the Marine Corps, I couldn't say, oh, I don't want to do what the captain says because right. he's dumb. Right. He had to. I don't like him. Yeah, I don't like him. No, you have to do it. You'll be doing 100 push-ups. That's, that's a whole 